Hello, my funky friends, and welcome to episode one of the podcast. I am so excited to have you all here. This is a longtime dream of mine coming to fruition right as I'm saying these words. So it is surreal, it's exciting, and I just am so grateful for any of you out there listening. With that said, I want to introduce you guys to today's guests. It is Hero the Band from Atlanta, Georgia. These are four incredibly talented brothers, DJ, Nikki, Justin, and Jeremy. All are just dynamic, beautiful individuals, and it was an honor to be able to share some time with them. Um, They're all really good friends of mine. And when they agreed to come on the podcast, I just knew that this would be the perfect first episode, and I was not wrong. In fact, we had so much fun doing this podcast that it is going to be a two-part podcast because the first part is a lot of catching up with the brothers, getting their backstory of how Hero the Band came to be, and then due to busy schedules, some of the brothers had to get going. So DJ and I continued the conversation, and we dove incredibly deep into all things spirituality, mental health, Um, how to persevere in times of challenge. So with that said, I will go ahead and get out of the way and let the conversation speak for itself. So thank you guys very much and stay funky, my friends. Eli the Music Guy Eli the Music Welcome to the podcast. Hey, thanks for having <laughs> us, man. Thanks oh, for a, having us, man. Happy to have It's such a pleasure, right? I know y'all are ne- like never in one place, so I'm just <laughs> whatever comes to this, you know. I'm just happy to have y'all here. Hey, that's what the heroes for, man. You know what I mean? Just just moving groove with life, man. Moving groove yeah, with life. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, Jeff, I was telling him about um, you know, 2020 and 2021, how we met the warning. That was the question. I'm telling him about Rockville Fest and and um, how we performed at Rockville Fest with them. That was how we met them. We um, their manager Rudy reached out yeah. after he found out we gig. He said they weren't gonna be able to travel with drums because uh-huh. um, you know they were leaving from Mexico. So right, um, it was cool to have a festival day that actually went through. You know, and it was a big day too that I felt like was. Or hero to do, you know, um, right? Open on our resume, we did Rockville Fest, Woo-hoo! right? So, I mean, that that is a huge thing. It's like you yeah. do all this work, and then something like COVID comes along, and it's like you, you probably think you might never get to do these things again. And it must feel so good to just like actually do it. No, yeah. right, man, it, you're right. But nobody knew when it was gonna end, so yeah, it's yeah. surreal. Gotta be out moving around. Yeah, it, it. I mean, it is. It feels like it's in some ways still not over, but in a lot of ways, you know, we're just able to pick up the pieces and live a somewhat normal life again. So, I'll t- I'll take it. <laughs> exactly. I'll say, man, your socials really like speak to, you know, just being at balance with it all. You know, like you recording constantly, like you know, with the with the vibes, just making sure you know you keep. You keep your pace steady. <laughs> well, I like you know, that. man. Thank you. I appreciate that. And, you know, for me, it's about like, I don't really think normal was really normal before COVID. You know what I'm saying? So 
I think we've got to get over that idea that there's a there is a going back to normal. It's about adapting and, like you said, bringing balance into what is now because now is all we got. So, yeah, Uh, y'all, you know, y'all seem to do the same thing. And I feel like I was nicer before COVID. (laughs) Um, I look in my text messages from an old phone that I had, like from 2019, 2019, 20. You know, eighteen. I'm like, wow, I was so nice. Like, right. It was a lot easier. Nice <laughs> You know, it's like it was a lot easier to just get along with everybody because there was less opinions out there. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Now it's like something's come up. It feels like every month where somebody has to take a side on something, and that just makes it. Um, yes. Uh, it makes it hard. I better myself. <laughs> well, I got at least the two of you for now. I know they're kind of uh, drifting around. I'm going to go ahead and for the listeners, just introduce you. We got DJ over here. If you what's, say up, what's up, guys? <laughs> what's happening? Got... Nikki's coming to us live from the stairwell in Tennessee. I'm coming to y'all live from public, so. <laughs> and, <laughs> and our boy this Jamie's over here. Stairwell, public. Yes, yeah, this is a crazy interview already. I don't think our listeners are ready for this, but I I am. <laughs> Let's go. So I obviously know how you guys met because you guys are all biological brothers, believe it or not. But believe it or not. Uh, DJ, if you want to take the lead and just tell me about how Hero the Band came to be. Hero was kind of, uh, if you will, it was kind of destined to kind of, you know, unfold at some point because we all have been singing uh, very highly interested in instruments. Uh, we all have, we all have a very high musical IQ before we even picked up instruments since we were real small. So uh, it goes all the way back to being children, uh, seeing our mother and father participating at church services, singing dad, mom in the choir cousins Mm -hmm. in the choir um aunts and uncles on pianos cousins playing drums and and not just playing playing very well you know and uh and actually you know striking up a lot of energy within the church made it we understood the impact of music from our childhood so right you know we we all used to like make fun of each other when we got home like oh i saw you shouting i saw you shouting like in church because the spirit the energy of the music the spirit would get so high and that kind of let us know, like, just how impactful music was from a very early age, like two, three years old. You know, I'm walking around yeah. with a fire in my mouth. I carry I used to keep a blanket with me. So everybody. Yeah, me too. Me too, man. I was a blanket yeah. kid. <laughs> <laughs> I was Maggie. Nick was too. Nick, he, he was on the pacifier for a minute, too. Nice. But, um, that was how we, you know, grew up, like, really understanding how to just let music take you. I guess to keep keep going. You go from there to us already having that knowledge, that IQ of what it is, like what music does to people, yeah. um, but not really knowing like what a band was. We didn't know like anything outside of, you know, church and gospel and right. a bit of jazz and stuff like that. You know, our parents didn't let us listen to secular music growing up. Sure. So. And then, so this yeah. is down in Atlanta. Yeah. Yep. And mm-hmm. uh, so church, was- church culture is a big deal down there and, and music in church. Or they call it the Bible Belt, right? Bible, whatever you name it. It taught us a little bit about morality, um, and just kind of like having having some sort of integrity when you live sure. your life. Sure. So, um, 
that was cool. And then you go from there to us getting really into sports and being in middle school. But we all were so close in age. We always went to the same school, whether it was elementary, middle, or high. That's we wild. All, That's wild. Yeah. So it's like not only do we spend countless hours at home together, not being able to get away from each other, we just played together outside and everything. Yeah. And then go to school, see each other, or hear about each other all day. Like, oh, I saw your brother at lunch. Or I saw people telling us, I saw your brother in in, in gym. Sure. Oh, I saw your at football practice. You know, like all the time so right um we we you know we were really good at sports so and we were really good at art you know painting or drawing and stuff like that we all won duck stamp competitions we were real small awesome. so <laughs> being in a band was the the was not in the vision you know we yeah. we were good at skating um stuff like that so and then uh, we get to a point where we get in high school and mm-hmm. Justin and Jeremy joined the course the uh, school course which actually yeah. was a course but nice. there weren't a lot of a lot of dudes in the course so this isn't um, like a this isn't a, a, a glee club we're talking about this is a no. <laughs> me, 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 <laughs> this is a real live gospel course yeah it's like real uh, yeah pretty much a gospel course choir like, like sister act without the nun yeah know? yeah well that gives me a lot of context <laughs> on, on jeremy on jeremy's vocal style <laughs> oh yeah Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, we didn't have we didn't have a nun, but if we did, DJ would totally be the nun. Yeah. <laughs> Look, I'm, I'm Whoopi Goldberg then, because I'm no saint. Yeah. But... <laughs> I love that. Yeah. So, um, it was um. It so was they crazy. joined the they joined the chorus, and that kind of kicked off a little bit of musicality in y'all's brotherhood. It, it kicked off the understanding how music can be done together with a group yeah. of people your age. Um, our teacher, his name was Mr. Grigsby. He was a friend of our father's. He taught our oldest brother because um, he was a band director as, as well. Yeah. But he was the band director at our oldest brother's uh, other school, Derek. He was his band teacher, um, band director. Yeah. And also was, you know, just well-versed in music. So sure. He gave everyone an understanding of like how not to be scared to sing in front of people, uh, how to, you know, not chew gum when you're singing, how right. to sit up straight when you sing, if you're going to sit down and sing. Which I totally still do to this day. I still <laughs> <sit down>. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, if you can get over the chewing gum thing's one thing, getting over getting nervous in front of singing. Yeah. Getting, you know, that's oh, the, yeah. that I still that's get that. That's the real monster. Right. It's really? He did so get, well at it. I couldn't tell you nervous. Oh, thank you, man. Uh, it's, it, you know, it comes and goes. It's like, y'all, y'all know how it goes when you write original music and, you know, it's like, <laughs> you're the only one who knows it, but if you don't know it, then you're screwed. You know? <laughs> oh my God, we don't know any cool. Yeah, right. if you don't know it, if you don't know it, there's a problem. Right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> definitely forgot, I've definitely forgotten lyrics on stage uh, quite often. You know, it's just, yeah. that is a scary thing. But it is. You know, it, it's only really scary to you because I'm like, well, they don't know the song. Yeah, exactly. I was about to say it because they don't know the words sometimes, so I can mumble around. But uh, when they do know the song, that's yeah, better. that's even scarier because I've that, done that before. That's that's the problem with you guys blowing up now, is everybody knows your stuff. <laughs> that'd be cute. That'd be cute. That's a beautiful problem. <laughs> hey, oddly so, but fans like it when you mess up. I think they get like a. Uh, a kick out of it somehow yeah so. yeah you're actually right about that I, i've noticed that at a lot of shows you know like 
you kind of like when things change because you've heard it a million times on Spotify or whatever, you know, so. Heard it a million times in the studio before you put it out. Oh, man. Let me tell you about that. Like, you know, I put my first songs out on Spotify this this year and the songs I wrote were like, you know, a year old at that point. And so people are like, oh, you know, wow, it's a great song. Don't you like, do you like it? And I'm like, oh, sure. But like, I've heard it so many times at this point. I, I'm done, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Too many times. That, yeah. You guys yeah. can have it. It's your congratulations on putting music out, by the way. Yes, congratulations oh, on that. Yeah. Thanks, man. Thanks a lot. I'm just waiting for that hero collab. <laughs> and here we go. Oh, it's coming. Oh, yeah. It's coming. <laughs> it is definitely coming. Eli and Hero. Oh, man. So, uh, anyway, DJ, let's it's hop It's coming, my guy. Yeah, dude, let's do it. Let's hop back in where you were uh, You were saying, you know, this band director got you guys on the right track musically. and. Okay, so I'll pick up where I left off. Mr. Grigsby, um, he, he expected a lot out of us. Yeah. Come going course because he was like hey i know you guys father and i you know he wasn't like strict but he was he was just letting us know like you guys i like i know y'all can sing so don't yeah. even come acting shy or acting like you know you can't sing right. i didn't get a course until my 10th grade year there will be like fall concerts uh winter concerts um like if you paid your dues you got to go on two two like trips every year we would leave yeah. school go to different churches and sing like it was crazy like the chorus was like a hundred out yeah, that was my favorite part yeah that's it was best yeah part. that is the we, best we getting out like, of school is the best we were competing with the band um at one point because we had so many members in the chorus. we got the football players to join the chorus because we were playing football too so oh man the, like oh it's a bunch of girls in the chorus. we're gonna join the chorus too yeah okay <laughs> you know you know so that's great man yeah like about by the time I graduated or before I graduated, it was around like 70, 75 tenors. When it started, wow. it was like 18 to 20. Dang you know, on. that's that's amazing. Yeah, it was around 30. I won't say 15, so it's like 30. And then yeah. um it was like 150 altos total, and then like a hundred sopranos. So that's you crazy. do the math. It was, yeah, it was yeah. y'all brought had, y'all brought the heat basically. You guys just yeah, came in. <laughs> Yeah, it was it got loud in there, but it was a beautiful noise. It was a yeah. Noise. And and basically I say all that to say is like Mr. Grigsby had a structure, a form, like he called it the inspirational voices of Southwest DeKalb High School. So not only that, you had to have your shirt starched and pressed. It was all about excellence. It was all yeah. about I felt like when we finally got to the point where we want to create hero after we did a talent show, after we met with Donovan and started recording music when I was in 10th grade, Nick was a freshman. Mm-hmm. Justin was a senior, Jeremy was a uh, junior. All in high school together, we did a talent show with the keyboard. Nick played the keyboard. All of us, we wrote a song called Runway about a girl on the runway that we see looking so beautiful. And uh, this Terrible is a song, by the way. Terrible a- song. Great hey, song. man. You gotta have you gotta have those first songs, whether they're terrible or not. They're just the best. You look back and you're like, you know what? I did that. I did that. exactly, exactly. <laughs> or sometimes, <laughs> yeah. Sometimes it's like you know what? I did that. You know, <laughs> I did no, that. Did I do that? Yeah. You can't say I did that. Then what? What you gonna say? You yeah, know? you don't want to get to the end and say I did nothing. That's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> so that's what's yep. up. Hey man, that's real. That's real. Real statement ever. So is is runway out there? Can people listen to it? No, no. You guys have buried. You buried it. it. It's buried <laughs> deep. 
deep in the abyss. <laughs> oh man, I don't know. We never. I don't think we ever recorded the wrong way. Actually, it's the abyss. Yeah, the abyss. I don't know. I don't think we ever recorded it though. I think we just uh, did it. We did a lot of shows. We performed a lot of our earlier shows with it. Um, yeah, it was a hit. It was a hit, man. You know, was but, uh, in the clubs. It was, it was a, a lo- hit in the clubs. A local hit. That's awesome. <laughs> hey, it was a local. <laughs> <laughs> a local me, hit, but uh, we threw it away. Like it was on my like we had MySpace, right? And yeah. This was where before Hero, we were called Inseparable, and I think you, I think you might know this story, but the people out there don't. I don't know. Yeah, go um, ahead. So this is this is the forming of Hero before Hero was Inseparable, and basically, you know, we all knew like how to sing together. We already knew four part harmony before we even got to high school. We knew that. We we knew what it was like to sing, you know, in the house. Sure. Some of my favorite R&B songs by Music Soul Child and freaking, um, you know, Michael Jackson or Prince or Stevie Wonder or Marvin Gaye. You name you can name yeah. so many artists. Usher, you know, um, we would we would stay up singing the new thing on the radio all together, like super loud. We'd turn our dad's stereo up. We'd be singing all super hard, singing all the parts. Or when a movie came out, like um, like Beethoven, they had a really good song on it. Nick loved that song, by the way. Um, <laughs> I forgot the name of the song, though. It's uh, Dolly Parton. It's Dolly called Parton. Uh, Day I Fall in Love by Dolly Parton and uh, James Ingram. So oh, man. The same old way. Yeah. yeah. I'm going to have to add that to the episode notes. People can listen to it. <laughs> <laughs> when I look into your so that that was like you got so many different songs uh right. that would even theme songs this goes back to our music iq like from the power rangers to dragon ball z to um even barney like sure we we knew how to emulate the guitar sounds with our mouths we yeah, knew yeah. the drums we knew how to mimic drums with our fingers and um with straws and stuff or beatbox the 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 drum that was being hit with our mouth, even though if you sit us on a kit, we don't know how to play. We still had high musical IQ. Right. So um, it was kind of like, you know, going from there, me and Nick knew how to play. We taught ourselves how to play piano from eight and nine years old. Um, we had a Radio Shack piano for Christmas that year. Going from there, fast forward. Shout, shout out Radio Shack. Then. Shout out to Radio Shack. Looking you for know, a sponsor. Yeah, <laughs> These, these, kid, these kids today don't know about Radio Shack. Yo, Shack, you need us. Just need you. You need. You know what I mean? I don't think. I don't think there's any more Radio Shacks around. I don't. I don't think. No, if they are, then we're bringing them back. Uh, yeah, Radio Shack. Radio Shack is Radio. We're bringing them back. Bring back Radio Shack. They're Radio Shack. Oh, here without Radio Shack. Right. Radio yeah, Shack is what shook right now, but. Yeah. Speaking of that, I'm sure it would, wouldn't be a lot of artists if it hadn't been for Radio Shack, actually. So, right, right. Shout there probably wouldn't be a lot of there probably wouldn't be a lot of movie stars without Blockbuster, and you know. Oh how- man, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we know how that ended. We we're doing it. We're taking it all the way back. Blockbuster and Radio Shack. <laughs> wow. This is a nostalgic podcast. Yes, it is. Yeah, I love nostalgia. Yes. Oh, that's awesome, man. Yeah. So when I met you guys. Justin and I, we spoke for a while and I asked, I think I asked you like, uh, you know, what was y'all's biggest inspiration? And I'm thinking, you know, I don't know what I was thinking. Metallica, you guys have just a crazy sound. It's amazing. But the first thing that came out of <laughs> Justin's mouth was Disney songs. Yeah. And I was like, hell yeah. I 
freaking love Disney songs, man. <laughs> Dude, like, also, um, uh, all dogs go to heaven. I will oh, always yeah. be with you. Dude, yeah. By your side, whenever you do. Uh, freaking, you know, Lion King, of course. Lion King oh, has yeah. songs to name. We, we, sing, we sing those all day, every day. Um, yeah, I mean, people people can say whatever they want about Disney, but like their musicality and melodies oh, yeah. and progressions and stuff, it's just like it's Ridiculous. next level. You can't forget you you will never forget be be prepared and and the dramatic oh yeah. Work. Me and my sister used to prance, you know, around our house like marching around like the hyenas, you know. <laughs> We're one and the same. We are one <laughs> we we all work for Uncle Scar on that song. Right. <laughs> <laughs> all right so here we are you guys are at inseparable now this is your yeah you're coming out as a group locally inseparable was a hit like we had a song eventually we had, there's houston we had a song called roses that we put out on youtube we, we recorded it with uh our music producer that we met in high school that summer justin was graduating he was graduating and nice. jeremy gonna be a senior i'm a junior next to sophomore so People were like, you guys killed the talent show. Oh my God, you guys look so nice. Like we 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 like perfected the talent show. People screamed the minute we came out. We like, okay, yeah. we can do this. So, you know, yeah. go from still not thinking about a band, you know. Um, and we we started MySpace page, we do a couple photo shoots, we start performing at different clubs in the middle of the school week, like, you know, still not telling people about it, but you know, because we were underage in clubs performing. With our parents yeah. there, you know, might have a beer or two. I'm just kidding, but uh, <laughs> just kidding. But yeah. um, there's no judgment here. I don't know what our. I don't think our listeners are going to be that type, but we'll see. Oh, okay, <laughs> you know, throwing a quick joke, little nugget joke. You can, you can say um, whatever you want, bro. Nick, Nick would always play keys in inseparable. Uh, that was the main instrument that we had. You know, outside of that, there weren't any instruments. So we go from there to. Uh, we dropped a song and did a video for it and it was called roses and we did man's best friend. These two songs were like, you know, people went crazy for them. Yeah. It was, it was wild. Like, yeah. So do you drop these on streaming platforms and everything? Man's best friend and roses are still on YouTube. Okay. As inseparable uh, is what it's. Inseparable. You know. Oh man, we're, we're gonna we're gonna have to dig that one up too. <laughs> Man's best friend, honestly, was the beginning of us exploring the rock. Um, yeah. I was about, to, but Man, best friend, and Roses, we were hero by then. Okay, I felt yeah, like we Roses were, were. We were. You're right. Yeah, we so were we, hero. We had okay. evolved. We had like five, five to six songs on MySpace, living from Inseparable, that were doing really good. We loved them. They were yeah. Throwback stuff. I might send you a link to it, but you better not share it. Hey, I will keep it under locks, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> you can share it if you want. I don't care. It'd be funny. Um, <laughs> you go from there to, um, yeah, distance. Like Justin said, we we went from heat from inseparable. We did like a, a hat, like uh, we we wrote down these band names. Yeah. Like you got magic, you got three other names and hero yeah and hero came out as the one that you know was picked and donovan's like okay cool i remember me personally i started going to a friend's house and recording i mean 
he told me he had a rock band at his house. So I'm thinking he had like instruments and shit. Right. I'm like, oh man. He's like, yeah, I got drums and everything over there. I'm like, for real? It's like, I said, you're lying. He's like, yeah. He's like, I got guitars and microphone. I'm like, all right, Sue, so I'm going to your house after school. So I go to this house after school. <laughs> By that time, I had already changed my radio station. Uh, or me, it was like a karaoke machine that we shared. Shout out to Radio Shack again. Yeah, uh, what's up? It was a karaoke machine that we shared that our grandmother who passed away gave us. Mm. And Justin and Jeremy would share a room and have it in their room for a week. My mom came up with the system and she's like, okay, so y'all won't argue over it. Nick and DJ get it for a week too, you know? So yeah. we share a room, they share a room. It was like a dorm, you know, <laughs> before boys, you got to make it work. Can't so, even imagine. You know, it's crazy. Crazy. Fighting over pizza, strudels, <laughs> you name it. <laughs> um, and then, uh, so me and Nick had the me and Nick had the uh, karaoke machine for the the week after Justin and Jeremy after probably like months go by and then I decide okay I want to change the station because we would listen to V one hundred three which is the number one R and B station the number one kind of like rap station yeah and I was like I'm gonna listen to something else we would leave it on all of us would leave it on at nighttime and let it play like real low yeah. During- and then in the morning you wake up you turn it up whatever whatever's playing on the station. So I turned on 96 won the project and it was a rock station um, for Georgia, like the number one rock station. And they would be playing Pink Floyd, uh, Five Finger Death Punch, you know, all the dope Soundgarden stuff. Yeah. Nirvana, Coldplay. They were like mixing it all in. Absolutely. That's my, that is like my childhood jams right there. All that stuff. <laughs> like too many songs to name. Even Train come on there uh michael buble all this stuff like right just rotating we start i think we would switch to station so much at that point i was just going through stations like okay what's what's, what's, (laughs) well because this is y'all's like real you know first war you know dip into like different secular type (laughs) stuff yeah so i was i started dressing different going to school um getting made fun of people talking about pants too tight this and that and um I don't know. I just felt like free though, you know. Yeah, I, yeah. Lyrics, like man, these lyrics—the way they're writing, so much different. Da 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 da. Fast forward, I go to my friend's house. He doesn't have a real drum set. He doesn't have real <laughs> guitars. He has Rock Band, the video. <laughs> I'm pissed. I'm like, I'm like, I was like, this isn't a real drum set. This isn't what. He's like, it's Rock Band. Cutting the game on. He's like, come on, bro. You gonna like it? You gonna like? It. He cuts it on, and I'm like, I'm like, give me the sticks, you know. So yeah. <laughs> I'm just like this. This is not a real drum set. Like I don't see cymbals. I don't see, like I I know what a drum set looks like. You know. Yeah. So I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, I'm here now. I might as well try to, you know, because the game on, and they got it to where you, I start seeing like you create. You can create your own player. You can put the necklaces on. You can get the certain haircuts. You can put the yeah. types of boots on and all this other stuff. Hair color. Yeah, I'm man. like. What? And then you go play concerts and you get booed if you don't do well. And all right. And I was, he was on guitar always. So I was just like, what? My sincerest apologies, my friends. We had a brief technical outage during this part of the podcast, but we got right back to it. So here is the rest of our conversation. Thank you. Eli, hey, back. hey, we're back. We're back. We're back. Sorry Let's about take that, guys. A commercial break. Well, yeah, that was your a quick- show. That was a quick Radio Shack uh, promotion break. <laughs> yeah, for Radio Shack. All right, we're back. Uh, so 
we cut out right when you were telling me about your first experience on rock band. Your buddy was on the guitar and you were picking up the sticks. So Okay. And we would play songs. Um like the Kiss songs, the Beatles songs. Uh, oh yeah. Um, radio, Radiohead. Uh, no, we never did radio, but we used to do like Time Maps and uh, the band that she was in. What was the band that Cindy Lauper was in before? Oh, um, uh, gosh. I, I don't think Sydney was in a band. You may be talking about Stevie uh, Nicks. What was the band that Stevie Nicks was in? I'm tripping. Oh, uh, Fleetwood, Fleetwood, Fleetwood Mac. Mac. Fleetwood, yeah, we play Fleetwood oh, yeah. song, and like I said, like you can create your own characters X Y Z, the whole nine from the boots yeah. to the necklaces to the Mikey, you know, it was just so cool. So I was like yeah. telling myself eventually, I was like, dude, it didn't take long. I was like, I want to be in a band, I want to play drums in a band. So go from there to we threw a couple parties in high school, packed the parties out, started noticing our influence was greater than just musical. And sure. that had an effect on people. So all of that made us and people love man's best friend and and um roses when we switched from inseparable to hero. Mm-hmm. About the amount of shares we got, the amount of likes we got on YouTube made us realize, okay, we could influence people with our musical, you know, efforts. So yeah. Um after we threw a couple of parties, it was time for me to graduate from high school. We uh, had one last party um, on a rooftop. We did a photo shoot on a rooftop. We, we, now, we were, at, the, at this point in time, how are y'all's parents feeling about, you know, becoming these rock, mom, rock sensations and throwing parties? And Mom was really like, you know, she she always wanted all of us to go to school and like get get a degree and stuff like that. So because right. she. She was like, you guys are smart. I raised you guys to know how to read well and, sure. you know, educated. And she's like, you know, get your education. Yeah. And I did. You know, people our parents' age were taught that, you know, and that, that that's the greatest opportunity out there at right. that time. And for a long time, I think it was a great opportunity. And it still is for people who want to go do things that degrees make sense for. You know, go be a doctor. There's only one way to do that. Uh, (laughs) But at the same time, you know, especially since COVID, it's like it's making less and less sense for certain (laughs) people. (laughs) So, you know, it's it's okay to, like, do something else, at least. So, like, I feel like, you know, smartphone. Come on in. He said, Dr. Sebi, yeah, Dr. Sebi was a doctor. He cured, he cured a lot of ailments without going to school. That's right. That's very true. Yeah, exactly. And I think that just goes to show the same thing. It's like, you know, these labels we get, these degrees we get, they, they don't really mean anything. Yeah. You know, yeah. they give you certain permissions, but it's all within you. So, you know, I know you all know that. <laughs> That's very true. Very true. There's a lot of people, self-education is a real thing now because of smartphones it kind of made college a second option for our generation because we notice, Oh, if even no matter what you do, whether it's yeah. arts or education or, you know, culinary arts, whatever it is, you yeah. have a place to share with people now instead of, you know, oh, I need to get a record label to sign me so people could hear me or see me. Right. I, I can get right. in a studio. It's like musical equipment, cameras, 
um, all sorts of things become more available now because yeah. of smartphone. I think it's so much more uh, tangible to the to to whatever it is you want to tap into now. Yeah, yep. there's there's access, you know, easy it's, it's access, decentralized. You don't have to go through all these different uh, institutions in order to get information. And that's there's a lot of yeah. uh, beautiful things to that. There's obviously some downfalls to that. We've seen that in different pockets of the. You don't have to go through the front stairs of the college and say, let me in. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> you know, I, I, I did go to college for four years and I will say my degree is sponsored by Google because. OK, I, I wouldn't have gotten through. I mean, there's just I'm not that kind of I'm the kind of person that just learns on my own. I'm not a, you know, scholastic kind of person. Not, so. not to teach yourself. Right. And it's the same went for music for me. I was always just like, oh, get my dad would buy me an instrument and I would pick it up and learn. I've never done lessons or anything like that. So uh we're brothers, same, man. You know. We're brothers. <laughs> so okay, y'all are uh you're you're starting all these parties, you got these big old rooftop bangers. Well, um we we went full on band, probably the last show we did as inseparable was our cousin Aaron. He was on drums and our oldest brother Derek was on keys and all four of us were singing. And um, we changed the band's name to Hero. And my mom and dad were cool with it. They had already supported Hero. Uh, I mean, inseparable. So Hero wasn't a problem. Um, yeah. Justin was working at the time. He was uh, doing produce at, at a uh, supermarket. We used to call him the Fruit Ninja. Hey, shout out produce section, man. As a vegan, that's where <laughs> I spend 85% of my time at a grocery store. So <laughs> mad love for the produce stock guy. For real, for real. You got to get some good fruit, man. You got to get the real, real deal. <laughs> that's I, I love the transition uh, from Inseparable to Hero. For one, I, I love the name Hero the Band just yeah. because y- y'all's music is heroic. I mean, when I, the first time I ever heard you guys was live you know right there across the street and that was uh, the first time hearing us yeah it was crazy you know and it was an incredible i'm so happy that it was live because yeah it made me feel like a hero i was like man this stuff like this music is so empowering and it's so uplifting and uh that just you nailed it you nailed the name and you guys are nailing the creation so most of our most of our um you know, I don't like to call them fans, but our our fans, our fam. Yeah, I like that. People who support us, you know, and dearly, like, you know, like from the beginning, the first time they see us, usually it is, it came from them hearing us live because when we didn't have music out, we performed like crazy as heroes. Right. We used to go to Little Five Points in Atlanta and perform, uh, set up and play. Um, we used to go to Wild Bills where we had our first EP release and perform. Um, we started going on tour with Mother's Finest and opening up for them, which is a yeah. famous uh, rock band from the 70s. You know, yeah, they play funk rock, you know, yeah. first. Um, and we started like basically we, we would just perform a lot. So yeah. before music out, it was all about getting seen live. So those people who saw us live from the first time, you know, back, you know, the first three years of the band, they never forget just how empowering the live sound of Hero is because they're like, 
I love you guys' music, but you guys performing live is way yeah. different. Totally. And that's that's an amazing way to go about getting noticed, if, if that's what you want to call it. But mm-hmm. um, just getting fan or getting fans or just getting your music known is live. Um, I think that's one of the best ways, in my opinion, because nowadays, I mean, anybody can throw throw a, a song on YouTube or on Spotify, for that matter. And I mean, there's people out there who've gotten famous before anyone's ever seen them live. True. And and that's okay too. That's that's a total valid path, um, but you know, to have that background of, you know, one knowing how to perform because performing is something that's a learned skill, and mm-hmm. to have the the time and, and and space to do it when you've only got fifteen people in the crowd as opposed to, you know, fifteen thousand, it's pretty valuable. You know, because some of these new artists out there are getting famous on YouTube and and just straight from streaming they got to do their first show to fifteen thousand people and that's a (laughs) (laughs) i don't know i don't envy that at all like now go out there and kill it billy (laughs) yeah it seems like it would be really hard to just be authentic in that scenario so you know i totally understand y'all's come up i never even played that in my head a lot as far as like how some kids get famous before they ever perform nowadays I do know that that is a thing, but I, I never think about the demographic of, oh, because the world is so different now, you know, sure. put a little I, forgetfulness in my brain. But um, yeah. it's uh it's it's very crazy because we always say as a band, we say we, we heard somebody say this to us one time and we never forgot. It's like it's something we already were doing. But they were saying, like, you know, if you can't play live, you won't survive, you know. Yeah. So, yeah. It's you like, know, I think I think that's true. Yeah. And maybe that has double meaning for when COVID happened. <laughs> Literally, if you can't play live, you, you can't pay the bills, you know? And uh so true. And COVID, I guess, made everybody go <clears throat> go within and see like yeah. what worked and what needs to keep going as far as art artistically, you know, mm. speaking. And then like what is something that you haven't really try you know whether it's from yeah. a business standpoint or you know like when it comes to connecting with your fans or reaching out to them or yeah. what is something you haven't done uh when it comes right. to your own your look or whatever you know any yeah. Look, yeah you know i could i couldn't agree more i think covid was an amazing uh checkpoint or whatever to just hit the pause button and actually look at your life and look at especially as a creative person look at what you have been doing. Cause I know, you know, I'm sure for you guys, it's the same when you get in your rut of like, okay, we're doing all these shows and we're doing all this press and all this stuff, you know, all the stuff that comes with creativity, <laughs> you kind of forget, you, you can easily forget about what it is to be creative and like what your actual goal is through the creativity. So it was a really good time to just hit the pause button for a lot of people. I mean, I know a lot of artists who just like, didn't do anything. Like they just stopped writing and everything for better or for worse but you know at least just to take some time to just figure out who they were which i think we all need to do more of that so yeah thank you yeah right you said a key point about uh and i was talking to somebody about this maybe about two days ago about just how uh you know we we've always been surrounded by sports and i look at sports as an analogy to uh, uh, music and the music business and how uh, football players and basketball players always say, you know, they 
they have to focus on, uh, you know, keeping it fun. This child's game of yeah. of playing it at, at a at a high level of a profession, and now you're, you know, to keep a tasteful, uh, uh, uh I guess like an environment around you, uh, to just make sure that it's still fun. It's kind of kind of hard sometimes oh, because yeah. you know. You, you're still you're trying to find that bro redefine that love that you've always had for the game mm-hmm. or for music but then when you're out like uh business can sometimes uh uh taint that in a sense but you have to figure oh, yeah. out how you know to uh i guess make both of them correlate with each other to work hand in hand together and Absolutely. that that it's really about you know uh refining yourself and understanding what it is that you're doing and where you're trying to go from a creative sense first and then business second. Um, uh, But I don't think, I honestly think that artists should empower themselves more to handle their business as well as, you know, be as involved as as much as they can. Um, And then also obviously with the creative part, like, you know, hands down, but uh, just finding, like finding that love in, in a sense of just, uh, you know, not thinking about the monetary gain or the, you know, so, so many, like always trying to make somebody happy as far as, uh, right. like, you just said the fams, like, or trying to appease to everybody and to some sort of degree. It's important mm-hmm. to just find that love within and you'll always be fulfilled, uh, yeah. no matter how much money you make or how many people you touch. Yeah. Um, that's, sorry. Uh, yeah, you're good. Somebody going to say somebody, but uh, yeah, I think I think that's it. That yeah, was, you, yeah, that, that was a beautiful point, man. I and uh, you're so right because it's so easy. I mean, we are surrounded, literally surrounded these days with social media, with actual people in our lives who mean well, but they just reinforce for us that uh you know, oh, it's about this, you know, oh, how many listeners yeah. are you getting? How many, what what kind of money are you making off Spotify? Right. Blah, blah, you know, and it's like, you can get into that headspace and all of a sudden you're like, well, what am I doing? And then the creativity just, it's gone. And uh, yeah, the the irony is that when, like you said, you, you remember the love, you remember the, the childlike thing that got you into it. I mean, the Radio Shack piano, right? It's, it's the thing that started it all. It's, that is where it all came from and so if you forget that you've really got nothing yeah and uh one of my favorite songwriters his name is jeff tweedy he uh has a band called wilco uh amazing songwriter he's got some books out there but uh he basically says that his whole process is to become like a child on the floor with a blank sheet of paper and a crayon again you know how when we're kids and that's that's enough to keep you happy for like the whole day. And it's and so it, you're, even you're, to yeah. that point, bro. That's dope because uh I don't mean to cut you off, man, but no, you, go ahead. You take me back to every time just like to keep that for me, uh that energy uh for me as far as find balance, I always uh find myself in a sandbox in, inside my head. Yeah. Or inside my heart. Like if I if I can really vibe with you, I I imagine you as a child and me as a child and we're in a sandbox like, hey, what's your name? My name's Justin. What's your name? Eli. Yeah. Hi, nice to meet you, Eli. You wanna you wanna make a sandcastle or something like that? Like yeah, that's how yeah, I yeah. kind of 
imagine it because we're all co-creatives and it's like sometimes you know like i said once again like when you're trying to handle it as a business you you become an adult and being an adulting is not fun <laughs> it's not you can't adult in a sandbox you know <laughs> yeah i feel like sometimes we need to ask ourselves who came up with the term adult you know yeah like not the word for a grown full-grown person but that term is i don't think it's number one i don't think it's as old as we sure you know i guess want to say when did adult become you know like more more than human you know what i'm saying because yeah yeah because it's it's not just i'm a i'm a full-grown person it's like oh i pay bills i oh yeah you know i go adult adulting make i have my retirement plan set up i I, you know, I paid for my insurance and X, Y, Z. So people say it all the time. You know, my friends are like, oh man, I'm I'm adulting right now. And I just text them back. I'm like, I'm childing right now. Like, sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Yo, that's good stuff. I'm still in that. I'm still. Yeah. I hope I never leave it. You know, of course, like it gets tough sometimes, you know, I got to remember to like wash my dishes and feed my dog and all that stuff. (laughs) overall it's it's gonna it's working out you know <laughs> all right yo that's crazy but, because when you think about it it's like they shouldn't even say adulting they should just say i'm stressing like, yeah that's exactly <laughs> exactly man right now it's like no you know you like know. so i you know i live a pretty simple life and i'm i get to spend a lot of time alone which i'm really grateful for because i'm a very introverted kind of person mm-hmm. and so i have a pretty low stress lifestyle and when i get around some people that like are you know adulting and they're just stressed out all the time like i feel that you know what i'm saying like you're like oh man this is how you live all the time because i'm used to like this equilibrium low level easy life and like i've it just yeah. gives me compassion that there are a lot of people out there living really stressed out and That's, i want to do they ever do they ever pick up on your, you know, your serenity or your, you know, your self, um, your self understanding, understanding of yourself? Do, do people, you feel like stressed out people are able to pick up on that? Like, are they able to come out of that adulting enough to be like, I'm so glad I met you today, or I'm so glad I got to be around you because you made yeah. me, like, you know, you know how it is. So yeah, actually, a lot, a lot, and sometimes, <laughs> like, as an introverted person, I have to put a limit on that because it, it can drain you. Yeah, because people are like, man, I, I just I'm so happy I met you. And I'm like, that's great. Maybe I'll see you like next Thursday, you know? <laughs> yeah, that's so great. It, it is a beautiful thing. And, I, you know, it just for me, it just all leads to compassion and more understanding of like what mm-hmm. it means to be human and how we can teach each other to just like take these masks off that we wear all the time of like, oh, this is who I am. It's like, no, it's OK. All right. Yeah, I like. I'm I'm only extroverted around people that make me feel like I can be myself. Yeah. Um, otherwise, I'm just being a butt, you know, <laughs> on purpose. I know it's like I'm in a band. I chose this lifestyle, so it's yeah. like territory. You got to be willing to speak to people. You got to be willing to, you know, high five people, and because it, right. it's demographic of what we do, the nature of what we do is yeah. Just, Sometimes whether you feel like it or not, right? Yeah, it's high energy, so it's like. <clears throat> Especially with being in a band with, with Jeremy Goku, uh, you know I'm, he, I'm I'm a little bummed he, he is not in here, but uh, I know, yeah, right? man, he he really 
brings yeah. energy to y'all. It's crazy, man. Bonkers, man. Bonkers. It's uh, it's funny because so many people love that about about him, and I know I have that bone in me to be that way, but right. I don't like forcing it either. So it's like right. not, I love the fact that he is like that, but sometimes yeah. sometimes it can burn him out. Even you know? dude, yeah. So like you know, I don't know if you know the homie uh, Mark Rebier. You ever seen him on Instagram or anywhere? Oh, he is hilarious, man. He's the so uh, Loop Daddy, I think they call him. Loop Daddy, yeah, he's always. You yeah. Know. So his, his like whole brand is like you know, I mean, you could put Goku in that in that category oh, yeah. of just like high energy, high Free. charisma, like yeah. it's it's beautiful and it's hilarious and it's awesome. But like I think about it sometimes, I'm like, man, knowing my nature and my personality, like if that's what I put out there and people resonated off that and then expect it oh i would be burnt out and like because the thing is once you give them this they get used to it and you gotta you gotta be there when they see you otherwise you're not no oh my god he didn't right you know (laughs) yeah it's crazy you know like it it is the expectations of of creativity sometimes are really it it just doesn't fit into a i don't think creativity fits into a box but West, western culture and stuff kind of wants to package it up and then it, it fills it with expectations and we need more softness in this world of like trust rock me, stars trust, it's so crazy because i call it jock energy sometimes when it gets yeah, that yeah heavy as like everywhere i go everywhere i am i have to be ready to like punch through a wall or yeah. you know it's like nobody can shut me down except me and it's like yeah. it's that even a thought in your mind at that point like are you even thinking about shutting it down like right are, and I, I don't just mean when, you, when the doors close I mean like are you thinking about shutting it down when you go back out there at all yeah yeah I feel like we we become victims of our own energy at that point so absolutely I'm, I know you're very like health conscious mental health conscious type of uh, person and I yeah. know that that's why that's what I love about you and I know that Thank you, you are very, like understanding of the male and the soft nature that we can actually, you know, portray yeah. already in us. Right. We just have to really listen to it and kind of quiet right. ourselves down and, and understand that it's okay to be that way. It's okay to, it's not about like this new age thing. Like no. some of us have been that way before, you yeah. know, sure. like they call it the granola kids. <laughs> before you know the, so the crunchy yeah but, you know so crunchy man with like <laughs> some, some of us have been this way you know before before uh mental health was even a thing we just didn't have a uh a generation that was willing to kind of like bring it to the forefront so absolutely now yeah. we're living i'm glad i'm not 40 and i'm glad i'm not like 55 years old finally yeah. like people are oh nah like okay okay cool this is cool like we're we're dead in the center of the evolution of of our mentalities and friends that is the conclusion of part one of this episode with hero the band i hope y'all have enjoyed this conversation as much as i have so far and stay tuned for part two coming out very soon much love y'all eli the music guy eli the music guy